Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 116 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're well and having a great day. To our returning listeners, it's great to have you back here on the podcast and to our new listeners, welcome. It's wonderful to have you here and I really hope you're going to enjoy today's episode. In today's episode of the podcast, we are talking about something that I get asked about all the time. Not only from our members of People Powered HR, not only from our consulting clients, but this is one of the questions I get asked when I'm out with friends, when I'm chatting to new people, inside Facebook groups, on LinkedIn, and in all the other places. Today, we're talking about how to re-motivate our disengaged or not so motivated employees, how to turn that motivation around and get them back on track. And I get why. Having someone on your team that lacks motivation can be one of the most frustrating things we deal with as managers. It is frustrating when we know they've got potential, when we know they can do a good job, we've seen them do it before, but we just are constantly on their back to do the simplest of tasks. It becomes exhausting and it becomes time consuming and it starts to take up all of our energy and headspace. I don't know about you, but it's something that I've certainly dealt with. And I know for so many of the business owners and leaders that I speak to, it becomes a real pain point for them as well. So today we're looking at how we can re-engage our unmotivated employees. And what I thought we'd cover today is, firstly, I thought we should have a chat about what engagement actually is and why it matters. Because I know the term employee engagement (laughs) sounds like a little bit of a HR faffy kind of term. But it is real and it's not just for big corporates, it matters for all size businesses. I'm going to share with you some of the really important reasons why understanding and knowing how to manage employee engagement does matter. And I thought we'd also look at the differences between what an engaged employee looks like in the workplace and what a disengaged employee looks like in the workplace. So when I say what they look like, What are the behaviors that differentiate someone that's engaged from someone who's disengaged? Because really often when I have businesses come to me with a challenge with an employee, they're describing all these things, but they don't know how to articulate that that is actually an engagement issue. They're telling me the symptoms that they're seeing in the workplace, the behaviors, um, the little nuances, and what they're actually talking about is engagement. So I thought I'd share some of the little things that you're going to see that might help you identify when you've got someone that is really engaged or someone that's not so engaged. And probably most importantly, for you that are joining me here on the episode, this is what you're looking for. I'm going to share with you six tips or strategies on how you can motivate an employee to re-engage them in your business. So how does that sound? Are you ready to dive in? Right, let's get going. So let's firstly look at defining what engagement is 
and then we can look at why it actually matters. Now, like I shared, I get it. Engagement sounds like one of those kind of fancy smancy words that are only used in big corporates and only HR departments use the word and it doesn't really mean anything, but it really actually does mean something and it's an important thing as well. So there's all different definitions about engagement and what it actually means, but ultimately all of these definitions come back to engagement being a sense or a feeling, an energy, an enthusiasm, someone who takes extra pride in their work, in the outcomes of their work. Engagement really is a feeling. It's a feeling we get as the business owner or the leader or the manager when we've got someone who's engaged on our team. They're the ones that we can rely on, that do great work, that are positive, and they're positive to have around. But it's also a feeling from the employee's perspective. Engagement feels good. And when you feel good at work, positive things happen. You feel psychologically safe. You feel happy. You feel motivated. You're enthusiastic. You're proud. The feeling of engagement creates positivity. Now, I found this really awesome definition of engagement from the Australian Psychological Society. Now, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while now, you might recall that I am a little bit of a psych psych nerd. I call myself a psychology nerd. In fact, at uni, straight after finishing school, I studied forensic psychology. I was totally obsessed with understanding criminal behavior and the criminal mind. But what I'm really interested in is what makes people tick. And whilst at uni that was about understanding what makes people tick and then further what makes criminals tick and people offend and those kind of things, in the workplace for me it's about what makes us as business owners tick, what makes us as leaders tick, and what makes our employees tick. So I am highly interested in this. And if you've worked with me before, you know, I love pointing out patterns in human behavior and seeing those little things. It's just a little passion project of mine. And so it's probably no surprise that I'm particularly drawn to this definition of engagement from the Australian Psychological Society. Now they define employee engagement as um, a state of mind effectively, and a state of mind that's characterized by three distinct factors. Now the first factor that they describe is vigor, which refers to high levels of energy and mental resilience and a willingness to invest effort into someone's work. So rigor in terms of the type of factor that this is, is that mental determination, the extra effort someone puts in, and really extra effort is often how we identify engagement in the workplace. The second factor that they use to define engagement is dedication which is someone's intense involvement in work tasks. They want to um, sort of contribute in a significant and meaningful way. They're dedicated to their work. Again, dedication is something most of us can recognize. And the third factor, and this is interesting, is absorption. The state of being focused and positively engrossed in someone's work to the extent that time seems to pass quickly. Now, this part I do find fascinating. Your engaged employees aren't saying that the day feels like it drags on forever or that they're bored. They feel like their day's gone quickly because they're engaged, they're involved, they're on task, they're focused, they're dedicated. And so the Australian Psychological Society defines engagement as a state of mind where someone has high levels of vigour, dedication and absorption in their work. So 
Why do we want to know about this? Why am I getting into all this psychobabble and why is it important? It is really, really simple. Research shows us over and over again that employee engagement is directly related to a whole range of outcomes, including job performance, job satisfaction, commitment to their job and to their workplace, staff turnover, staff retention, stress, and burnout. Research recently has shown us that an engaged team is 17% more productive than a disengaged team. And here is my favorite stat. That engagement drives an increase in profitability, bottom line results of up to 21%. Now I've shared on the podcast before, if I could do some simple, low cost, easy things to improve engagement in my team that was going to result in a 21% profitability boost, would I do it? Of course I would do it. And I'm sure you would as well. So we get it. Engagement is important. It's not just a faffy term. It is a real commitment to one's work and we want all of our employees to be engaged. In fact, we so importantly want all of our employees to be engaged that we know, again, from the research, that it takes four highly engaged employees to counteract the negative impact of one disengaged employee. So it only takes one rotten egg to start to bring the rest of the team down. So how can we tell the difference as business owners, as employers, as people that aren't invested in psychology necessarily, between engaged and disengaged employees. Now, in some instances, you will know this up front. Just like a disgruntled customer, your disengaged employees are the ones that shout the loudest, complain the most, have a whole range of drama surrounding them. And you'll, you'll see the 80-20 rule play out here. If you've got 20% of your team taking up 80% of your time, it's very likely that 20% are your disengaged employees. Because just like everything in life, the ones that shout the loudest, complain the most, demand our attention, tend to get our attention. And they're not demanding our attention because they are superstar performers and highly engaged in their job. So there's some key differences. We know that when you're disengaged, you lack energy, you lack motivation. It's exactly what we're talking about today. Disengaged employees just turn up and do the bare minimum. They lack focus. They can be distracting to others around them. And they can be really troublesome when they turn toxic, when the disengagement gets so low that they start to turn others against the business as well. So you really want to be picking up on these signs before it gets to that point. So some key differences that I think are really easy to look at and determine. Your engaged workers will be proactive. They'll be solutions focused and coming to you with ideas and suggestions and solutions to problems. On the flip side of that, your disengaged workers, you have to push to get any work out of them. Now, I know because I am a business owner and I work with business owners that you know that at the time, you know, the ones that you like having to drag through the mud to get even the most basic outputs out of them. They're your disengaged people. Engaged employees motivate others. They lift others up and they want others to do well. On the flip side, your disengaged employees complain about work constantly. There's always a problem and it's never their fault. (laughs) Engaged employees enjoy their job. They're happy. They're content. Where a disengaged employee constantly wants to change jobs. 
And again, they want to change jobs, they want to change tasks, they want to change managers, they want to change teams, they might want to change companies, but nothing is ever their fault. Engaged employees communicate well, whereas disengaged employees avoid communication because communication may mean they need to do something and they, they don't like to do things. Your engaged employees accept their mistakes. They own this. They take responsibility. They take accountability. On the flip side, your disengaged employees blame others. They love to blame, shame, and justify. Again, nothing is ever ever their fault. Engaged employees collaborate. They work well as a team. Disengaged employees will only work alone. Engaged employees ask questions. They ask for help. Disengaged employees ask no question. You see a lot of avoidance behaviours with our disengaged employees. They avoid communication. They avoid working with others. They avoid asking questions. Because all of these things require effort and energy and all the things that a disengaged employee wants to avoid. So, and I'll add to this, one other sign of a disengaged employee is high absenteeism. Your engaged employees are reliable. They're punctual. They take time off when they're sick, but they're sick very rarely because they wouldn't take time off unless it was essential. Your disengaged employees are taking a sick day the second they've got the hours owing. If you've got any employee maxing out their sick leave continuously, you've almost certainly, in fact, with 99.99% certainty, you've got an engagement issue on your hands. So if you're picking up some signs here that you may have a bit of a disengagement issue on your hands or you know that the motivation is not there with some of your team, what can you do to turn the motivation around and really get this person back engaged in your business? The good news is this, it is possible in the most part. And I'll caveat this by saying, someone who's turned completely toxic is hard to turn around and sometimes it is impossible. But if you can pick this up early before they've gone down that slippery slope, when they've just started to disengage and when they're early on in the disengagement journey, you can absolutely turn it around. And as promised, I'm going to share with you six tips or strategies to help you do that. Now, this is not an exhausting list exhaustive list, I should say. This is just some ideas, some universal ideas that you could use in almost all scenarios. But the first tip I'm going to share with you is where you get the clue as to what strategies you should be using. And the first tip I want to share with you is to talk less and listen more. And I want to sing a Hamilton lyric there because I have a slight obsession with musical theatre. But talk less and listen more. Seek first to understand. Until you really find out what's going on with your employee, why they're not motivated, why they've checked out, you will never be able to re-engage them. Because the, the reason that you think it is, and probably the first reason that I'll actually give you, is not the real reason. You need to lean in and have some curious conversations here. Ask why. Ask, tell me more about that. Ask open-ended questions and listen to the answers and more importantly, listen for the clues and cues in the answers. Where do you need to dig deeper? What are they really saying here? Because there is something underlying all of this. And when you know what that is, like anything, knowledge, knowledge is power and you can figure out the best engagement strategies. So tip one is to talk less and listen more. Tip two is to anchor them into your vision by starting with the why. Now, if you have not articulated your vision, your values, your goals, objectives with your team, you absolutely must start doing that. 
And if you haven't articulated it in a while or you think the message has been lost over time, it's time to restate it, to re-articulate it. Whilst it's top of our mind all the time, it's not top of our employee's mind all the time. We need to keep really reminding them and building it in and reframing it for them. Just last week, actually, I was chatting to Juliet Robinson, who I host the Grow Your Influence podcast with. By the way, if you're not already subscribed, go and check it out wherever you love listening to your podcast and hit the subscribe button. We were talking about a strategy of um, having strategy days with our teams. And I shared it was something that I did all the time with my consulting business. At the beginning of every year, it was an opportunity to tie back into our vision, to tie back into our values, and more importantly, articulate to our employees how that matters to them, how they can demonstrate those vision and values. I've been screening a lot of applications for a particular role recently, and one of the things that keeps coming up when I ask people what it is that's important to them in the next position that they take on is they want to work somewhere with a sense of purpose. Now, all of us have a sense of purpose, but not all of us articulate it to our employees. They want to be part of something bigger. So if you can communicate that to them, even better if you can show them how they can contribute to that within their role, you are making huge strides towards re-engaging that employee. The third tip I have is to set frequent targets in a joint setting. Have the employee involved in the goal setting. We all know that when someone's involved in setting targets and objectives, they're much more invested in achieving them. They feel tied into them. And a pro tip here is the quickest way you can move to doing this is to switch your performance review model to a quarterly review cycle. Every 90 days, you'll be reviewing targets and setting new targets and involve the employees in that. And the gold star award here goes to you if you can manage to align your company vision and goals with the employee's personal vision and goals within their role, you will absolutely have a motivated and engaged employee if you can tie those two things together in some way. Tip number four is to recognize and reward great work. For many of us, we forget to do it. A simple thank you is so, so powerful. When I conduct exit interviews with employees from other businesses, one of the key reasons people cite that they're leaving is that they feel undervalued by the business. And all that would have been required to change that is to have received recognition by way of a thank you, maybe even a note, an email, sometimes even a gift, but not all the time and not necessarily so that they knew they were doing well at work. We're quick to let people know when they're not doing well, but we forget sometimes to actually let them know when things are going well. Tip number five is to create a welcoming work environment. And if you are getting people back in from a work from home sense and back into the office, this is particularly important for you. Create somewhere where people want to come to work. Now, that doesn't mean you need to invest in a full refurb of your office or spend a squillion dollars on exotic indoor plants although a bit of greenery might not go astray depending on where you're working. It's about creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, people want to work in and people and is conducive for people to do great work in. And my final tip, tip number six, is to create a space for, and I don't want to use the word team bonding, but I can't think of a better word for it, but space for that social fabric of work 
to be rewoven and made even stronger. People want to feel like they're part of a tribe, that they belong, that they're part of something that is beyond just them. Having a strong social fabric at work makes people feel connected to work and gives them a sense of responsibility to their peers. They are far less likely to be disengaged and leave your business when they feel a sense of belonging. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go, I keep hearing the stories of let's go paintballing, whatever it's called, or, you know, have big, you know, weekend drinking sessions. It does not have to be that old school way of bonding. It's about creating ways for people to socially connect outside of just a workplace conversation. And it can happen in the workplace. It doesn't have to be a big external hoo-ha, but find ways for that social connection to occur. So to recap today, I really wanted to bring you a discussion on motivation and engagement because I am getting so many questions about How do I get my people motivated? How do I turn toxic people around? How do I get my team interested in work? It comes down to understanding what engagement is and why it matters and how to identify the difference between someone who is engaged and who isn't. And then you can turn to looking at how to motivate them and re-engage them. And the six tips that I shared with you today, talk less and listen more, articulate your vision and start with your why, Set frequent joint goal-setting sessions where the employee is involved in actually setting their targets. Recognize and reward great work. Create a welcoming work environment and create space to really knit together that social fabric of your team. There are a million ways you can re-motivate your team. This is just to get the, the creative juices flowing. I want you to know it does not have to be expensive. It does not have to be time-consuming. And all of this benefits your business. Now, if you've got an employee on your hands at the moment that you think, oh, have I got an engagement issue? I'm not too sure. I know I've got a problem, but I'm not sure how to deal with it. I want to let you know that I've just put some finishing touches to a brand new guide or resource that might be really valuable for you. Is it me or is it them? A guide to understanding problem employees will help you identify exactly what type of problem you have. And more importantly, what strategy you need to fix it. It's totally free. Go and grab your free copy, which you can get right now at peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash guide, or there is a link right here in today's show notes for you to click on and get your free copy. And it will just give you a really clear step-by-step instruction to help you um, identify exactly what type of problem employee you've got on your hands and the exact solution to your problem. So go ahead and grab your guide. It's at peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash guide. That is it for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and I can't wait to chat to you again next week. Have a fabulous week, everyone. 